Welcome to Tom Hanks Impressions, the podcast. Oh, wait, I was not actually trying to do a I Tom know, Hanks impression. <laughs> Goodness, no. We're not even talking about Polar Express. Uh, <laughs> Big. Man, I love Tom Hanks. What else has he done? Castaway. Eh. The Terminal. Catch Me If You Can. Those are all his airplane movies. I guess I... <laughs> like a, a series of movies in which something goes wrong with his plane. There's that new one about... It's a new one? It, it, I mean, not new, but it was from a couple years ago. I can't remember what it's called. Sully, maybe? About a plane that crashes. Delightful. Tom Hanks gets typecast as a guy who has airplane troubles. I thought Tom Hanks was just typecast as nice. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said so Buzz Lightyear But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a Space Ranger You're a toy Hello and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. And today we're talking about one of JD's favorites. Child childhood favorites. I guess. I, I liked it. Who didn't like it? I prefer it a bug's life. We were talking about this the other day. I'm but, the only person in the world who loves a bug's life uh, unapologetically, I guess. That's not true. <laughs> But, in the 90s, everyone freaking loved Toy Story. Sure. Because Toy Story was revolutionary and phenomenal. Yeah. And great. And A Bug's Life wasn't? Not as revolutionary. Mm, they did They did things in that movie that they couldn't have done when they were making Toy Story. Sure. But Toy Story was the advent of the concept of... Fine. CGI movies. You, you are and... correct. You cr- are correct. But, like, there's, like, crowd shots in A Bug's Life that are... Sure. Like, mind-boggling, considering the technology they were working sure. with. I feel like the public's voice is borne out over time. There's a reason one has three sequels, <laughs> a spin-off movie, a spin-off TV series, and an upcoming spin-off movie. Where's my Bugs Life sequel? And shorts on TV, and shorts on Disney+. Plus. Did I like, like Bugs Life, or did I like the short that was before A Bugs Life? <laughs> I don't, which one was that? Is the guy that plays chess with himself. Oh, it's that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably preferred that to Bugs Life. <laughs> But that's because it's got my man Jerry. Yeah, it's Jerry's game. Jerry's game. Jerry, who's in Toy Story. Yeah. Should have put Jerry on the list. Should have put Jerry on the list. Couldn't put Jerry on the list. Anyway, we're sorting Toy Story. We're sorting Toy Story. Which is a four feature film. Series. Enterprise. Franchise. Franchise. That's what I was looking for. Enterprise is the Star Trek. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yep, that's the only thing that Enterprise means. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story. Who doesn't love Toy Story, though? Toy Story is like a good It's very good, and it's just it's just nice and fun. And three of them were good. <laughs> Do we want to talk at all about how, like, both of us seem to be more attached to Toy Story 2 than the original? Yeah. So, as a kid, Woody was always my favourite character. Yeah. I had a Woody costume. Yeah. I, like, I had the Woody... I had a Woody. Of course, yeah. 
I had a hamster called Buzz, but that's because I had a friend who got a hamster and called the, his hamster Woody. Oh. It's like, well, I can't call mine Woody then. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know. I, it probably, as a kid, I just liked the sequels often more than the originals anyway, <laughs> despite the fact that they would typically be regarded over time as not as good. I don't think that's necessarily the case with Toy Story. Yeah, because like I, I was never like that as a kid. I didn't just like a sequel because it was the same characters or whatever. Or sure. I, I don't know what your reason, your childhood reasoning was for preferring sequels, but like I never had that. Mm. Um, but I did just really like Toy Story too. I think it's the, it's the scene at the airport <laughs> with like the luggage. That was just like the coolest thing to me. I really, really love. I still love that. I think part of it for me is. I like I like that they're all, they're actually friends in the sequel. Sure, yeah. Woody isn't just being a jerk. Yeah. So much, and the other characters are more important as well. Like Toy Story is so much just about Woody and Buzz. Yeah. And like they're always the main characters, but then in Toy Story two, everyone gets a hero moment. Rex gets a hero moment. I swear, <laughs> I swear, <laughs> potato. I swear, Potato Head has one. He saves the little guys from in the truck. Oh yeah, you have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like everyone has like some something going on, some minor arc. And then in Toy Story three, they realized like, oh wait, we're allowed more than one female character. Mrs. Potato Head <laughs> doesn't have to just stay home because she does. <laughs> what? Because uh, she's not Andy's toy. Right. She is. She was a, a gift for Molly. Yeah, but she's Andy Molly's basically toy. Basically, just took her. Yeah. So like, Andy was at cowboy camp. Yeah. yeah. Molly was still around, so Molly's toys couldn't just like disappear. Right. I forgot. That is not an appropriate toy for a child of Molly's age. <laughs> she gets it for Christmas in the first one, which yeah. is like a toddler. She's like six months old or something. Is she? she? She's. I'm pretty sure she's like practically a newborn. No, she's like. Not by Christmas, because that's a few months later, okay. that scene. Okay. But I, she's at most one year old. And that's the kind of toy that would have be ages three and up. Yeah. Because choking has it. I think there's a line about that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, Potato Head, right? Because yeah. Molly like takes him and chews on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inappropriate. I think it might be the kind of thing where it's like... Ah, oh, she really loves your potato head for some reason. Like, we'll get her one and then maybe supervised play only. I partly forgot because I didn't watch one and two, but I did watch three with you again. Yeah. And in which, like, potato- she's basically just Andy's toy and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did just kind of adopt her. Um, yeah. Yeah, I watched the first three. Mm. You watched the third one with me. Yeah. But I had a little Toy Story marathon. Yeah. We didn't watch 4. Let's Did... talk about 4 just for a moment. Because it's <laughs> weird. Let's talk about 4 because we don't want to talk about 4. <laughs> it's weird, though. But the first three movies are all about the toys' relationships with the children, with people. <laughs> like The first one is Woody's worried he's not going to be Andy's favourite toy. The second one is realising that children grow up and won't want toys forever and like maybe it's better to be preserved for people to enjoy in that way. The third one is the kid has grown up now, which is like great a great Toy Story 3 is great it comes back at the perfect time for the kids who grew up with the original and it follows on from that warning at the end of the second one that Andy will grow up because now he has grown up it really is just the perfect bookend and then it ends with Andy giving up his toys to someone new and they get that new lease on life and then Four's like nah we're gonna go off on our own and be our own independent we don't need children and what? it's so weird something I was thinking about like because I was thinking about that like while I was watching the movies yeah and there is sort of an aspect that 
I hadn't really thought about too much before, and it's that, like, the the relationship between, like, the toys and the children mm-hmm. is not something that's, like, allegorically exists in the real world sure. between, like, relationships between people. The sure. closest thing would be parent and child. Yeah, sure. Like, they're there to support the kid, to mm-hmm. help them, to, to yeah. entertain them, to help them grow and yeah. stick with them and always be by their side. And that's the kind of thing that, like, comes up time and time again. Of, yeah. Like, you know, Woody will constantly be like, Andy's going to college, but we still have to be there for him. Like, he, if he wants to put us in the attic, then, like, it's our job to wait for him for when he's ready to come back to us. And mm-hmm. that is really parallel with, like being a parent and sending your kid off to college and like they have to go out and do their own thing yeah but we'll still be there for you yeah um and i think kind of maybe what four was trying to get at is like at some point like the parent has to kind of step back entirely and be like you can live your own life now and it's weird that it's doing that when andy's not involved that's the thing they've kind of already done that by leaving andy and being like don't just put them in the attic give them to someone new who can appreciate them like, I think what it was trying to sort of do is... So, like, the the third one is, like, yes, like, the kids who grew up with these movies are now older and they're going off to college and they're becoming adults. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is, like, yes, now they are adults. So, like, what's, what's the story for them? Like, at some point they need to let their kids live and be kids and i think that's that's what it's trying to get at i don't think it did it well it did it didn't do it super well no let's sort the characters yeah (laughs) up first of course is sheriff woody Mm -hmm. woody's a cowboy toy Mm -hmm. go ahead like you you've clearly got something to say this changes in later movies but first movie woody is a slytherin okay sure (laughs) everything he does is is self-oriented. Mm-hmm. He's only trying to get Buzz back so that the other toys won't kill him. He's only <laughs> trying to get out of Sid's room because he doesn't want to die. Like, there is maybe some, like, loyalty to Andy, yeah, but mostly much... he's just jealous that Andy likes Buzz more than him. How much does the whole thing with Andy come up? Because obviously, I-, I could think about it in two, where, like, he's got the name on his boots and he, like, has to scratch off the paint to see Andy's name underneath it. And then, like, the name on the shoe is, like, so indicative. Like, Jesse and Bullseye at the end are hugely excited for it. Yeah. It doesn't come up that much. No. Hmm. Like, at the end, Buzz is, like, it got Andy's name on the foot, and he's all, like, proud that he's a toy and stuff, which is, like, his character arc. Yeah. But Woody's just kind of like, ah, cool, I'm still loved. Good for me. (laughs) I guess we're friends now. Like, I guess that's why I prefer the second one as well, is that it feels like that's more indicative of what it's trying to be? Mm-hmm. I, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Having watched the first three, I feel like Woody is more likely a Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Overall. Sure. But in that first movie, he's so selfish and manipulative. So like I said, I haven't watched that as recently. <laughs> I, I can remember things like him pushing Buzz out the window, even if accidentally. And uh-huh. Yeah. He, want, he wants to be in charge. Yeah, and he is. He's, like, the leader. And then he gets upset when he is no longer, like, the most powerful toy in the room. And that aspect comes back into play a little bit in Toy Story 4. It does. When he's no longer the lead toy. Dolly is in charge of Bonnie's toys. He's essentially deputized to be in charge of Andy's old toys. Because they know him and respect him still. Yeah. But he's still got to follow Dolly's lead. And he can't take that and cope with that. I get that there still should be some aspect of that to him. But that also... That being, like, justification for him wanting to no longer be a child's toy just doesn't hold water for me. 
mm. after everything he said in two and three, and the fact that by the end of the first film, I think he like he does eventually accept the idea that he might not be the favorite, right? Yeah. Like, and it bears fruit because he becomes the favorite again. Yeah. But essentially, it was about him accepting the idea that he could be in second place, and that's fine. Yeah, and he's he's there for Andy rather than to be the best toy or whatever. Yeah. His character in the first one and the fourth one have a lot more parallels than, like, the first one and the second one. Sure, yeah. But again, like, he's softened a lot by the, by that last film. And yeah, yeah. Things like there's him giving up his voice box to another toy to give her a chance to be with a child as well. Mm. And that aspect is, like, completely the opposite yes. of one. Yeah, because he's no longer in that position of power. Like, it doesn't matter for him anymore. Yeah, but and also it's him saying, like, every toy deserves to have the chance of what I had with Andy. Yeah. And Forky might be that for Bonnie, or some other toy might be that for Bonnie. His main motivation throughout the early part of that, at least, is he wants to make sure Bonnie has what she needs, and right now she needs Forky. And he's Mm. recognising that. And he knows that... I think he knows that won't be the case forever. Yeah. But he is accepting that he's not currently the top dog. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's Gryffindor or Slytherin. It's not a Ravenclaw, he's an idiot. (laughs) Um, Ian, Hufflepuff doesn't feel right either. No, just... Just no. And Woody in Woody's roundup might have been a Hufflepuff. <laughs> sure, When yeah. he cares all about the critters. <laughs> and the orphans! <laughs> yeah, but, like, I, I do think that he's kind of a different character in, in the different movies. He, he changed, His motivations change yeah, he, a lot. Like, he was written in the first one, essentially, was having a full character arc. Mm-hmm. And then... But then that becomes just a subset of his character arc. And two, three, four... I think are trying to follow a single character arc forwardy, yeah, to greater or lesser extents, yeah, and greater or lesser success. <laughs> Overall, I'd probably say Gryffindor, but like, I just I felt like you were going to get really mad at me no. for pointing out that in the first movie he's an asshole. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, I know that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not blind. Okay. Well, he's like your favorite. Yeah. Mostly from two. Okay, fair enough. He's less of an asshole in two. I know. That's but why. He, that's why I like two more. But also, like, he almost does just abandon, like, leave. Yeah. Yeah. Leave all of his friends and his child. Like, he almost does. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think it through and see if, like, I feel like there is a valid argument for Slytherin. Mm. For for the later films in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is still very much focused on his one singular thing. Yes. And he's loyal to those closest to him. Yeah. Like, he has a strong sense of loyalty, but only in regards to Andy and the toys. However, we mm-hmm. have been accused recently... <laughs> of overlooking Gryffindor. Of not... Of having an anti-Gryffindor bias. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think overall he is a Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we were just sorting that first movie, absolutely not. Well, now I want to say, is there a case for Woody as Gryffindor in that first film? And don't mm. just immediately dismiss it again. <laughs> Let's actually think about it. It might not be on display, but he is loyal to Andy there. Yeah. He is stubborn and arrogant. Yeah. Bullheaded. He does rush into some situations. Yes. He'll throw RC off the back of that truck to go and save (laughs) us. She sure will. Despite how stupid and suicidal that is. Yeah. I get maybe he develops into Gryffindor at least by the end of the film. Maybe, yeah. So I think I think we should settle on Woody for Gryffindor. Probably. Gryffindor! Next up is Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue! <laughs> I didn't do any of Woody's catchphrases. There's a snake in my boot. Somebody's poisoned the water hole! 
That was a little bit of a Tom Hanks impression, actually. It was lovely, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was the worst impression I've ever done. Ride like a wind, bullseye. That was worse. Mm, not the best. You got a friend in me. Okay. <laughs> you got all your witty lines out of your system. Yeah, but Buzz gets, I own a amigo with me. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> He's also a toy. He's also a toy. Or is he? You are a toy. Or in the credit scenes for Cars, you are a toy car. <laughs> Best part of the movie Cars, when they pick Carsify all the Pixar movies. Why don't they do goofy stuff like that anymore? Yeah. Like, rewatching Toy Story 2 and the, like, bloopers at the end. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. The fake bloopers are, yeah, phenomenal. So funny. And, Just like, incredible. Nowadays, Toy Story 3 and 4 have more, like, Marvel-style post-mid-credit scenes. <laughs> yeah. Like, just finishing off the story with epilogue. It's like, like, no, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, remember that time that Woody fell in the sellotape and he just had tape around his butt and he needed help from one of the crew members to get it off? <laughs> remember the time that Stinky Pete had a couple of Barbies in his, in his box because basically he was casting couching them? <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, He was yeah. trying to fuck those Barbies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. Uh. <laughs> uh. So Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. He's introduced thinking he's a real space ranger. Uh-huh. I, it never made clear why. That's just the factory setting on all the Buzz Lightyears. To be fair. When they're produced, they... I don't want to get into when a toy becomes sentient... At what point in the manufacturing process? Well, we we see it because we see Forky being made and we see him come to life. Do we? Yeah. That's the whole thing. Bonnie makes him in her first day at school. I don't remember. She like sticks the googly eyes on him and wraps the pipe cleaner around him. And... At what point does he become... Like, I think Woody's like just like facing the camera and we see the fork getting up behind him and Woody and all the other toys are equally shocked by this. Apparently they've never seen this happen before either. And the idea is it's because I think it's to do with the child's belief note because the toys in the toy store. Yeah. Because the idea, I think the idea that Ford's trying to put out is that he becomes a toy when Bonnie believes he's a toy and mm. so it's the, it becomes it's, Tony it's Hale. like the child's intent. Yeah, so I guess... The toys in the toy store have it because they're accepted as being toys already. Yeah. I guess. They, they, they have been created as toys. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I started this by saying I didn't want to get into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just accept that at the point of creation, all Buzz Lightyear toys are sort of programmed with this set of knowledge that they are Buzz Lightyear. And it is all of them because we see the second one and we see the other one in, in Toy Story 2. Yes. But there's also things like... And Buzz returns to that when he's factory setting. So yeah. it is something in the original settings of And that. why there's factory settings for a toy that just has a couple of voice clips and some lights doesn't make sense either. But also, there's Woody, who I was never clear... Are they supposed to be the toys from the show? No. No? No. They are mass-produced replicas? To some extent, yeah. Probably less mass-produced than, like, modern toys, like Buzz Lightyear, but sure. yes. Um, because when we see him in the show, he's a puppet. He's got, like, a little mouth hinge sure. that moves up and down. Yeah, sure, okay. Um, he's got strings attached to him. No, you're right. He doesn't have the pull string. For whatever reason, I always kind of got the impression that Andy's dad... Or possibly grandfather had worked on the show and just <laughs> stolen Woody from the set after the show was cancelled. No. 
Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's not but it. The fact that, still the fact that Woody doesn't know anything about... Where he came from? Yeah, his, his toy origins? line. Like, Buzz knows all about Zerg, despite never having seen a Zerg. Woody doesn't know about Jesse and Bullseye and We Pete. don't know anything about where Woody came from, either. We know that it was Andy's, like, dad's before his. Yeah, now old family toy. And that's it. Ugh. We don't know... Like, maybe Woody's just forgotten? Because he's so old? I guess. Toy ages are baffling? Yeah. Because we see Gabby Gabby in Toy Story 4 is like 60 years old. Yeah. And she remembers being in the factory or whatever. Yeah. It's troubling. Yeah. To think about these things. Don't think about Toy Story. Like Cars. Just don't. Cars is even worse, but yeah. Cars is even worse. You know there's a deleted scene where, like, Lightning McQueen has a nightmare that his engine has been put in a different car, uh-huh. and then, it, he, like, it's just a brain transplant? Yeah. What? Yeah. We're not here to talk about cars. No. I don't want to talk about no the, to. um, <laughs> the implications of the, the world building of Toy Story. Buzz Lightyear, when he's... In his space range mode, unequivocally Gryffindor. Yeah. He is prototypical hero. I'm here to save the day. I'm great and blah, blah, blah. Shoot you with my laser. Yeah. No signs of intelligent life anywhere. Is Buzz... I mean, is, is regular Buzz that different? Regular Buzz... Buzz, once he's accepted he's a toy and he's just trying to help out, he's a himbo. Yeah. Like, he's Woody's <laughs> best friend and what really wants to support his best friend. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking moron. Yes. Like, actually really dumb. Yeah, particularly, but like weirdly athletic yeah. for a toy. <laughs> That's particularly the case, I'd say, in three and maybe in four. I forget when he doesn't have to be the in charge as much. Like in two, yeah, yeah. he's got to be more in charge. So Buzz also gets like incapacitated a lot. Mm. Like in two, he's replaced by yeah. the other Buzz. In three, he's reset. I I think the writers are under the assumption that Buzz is more fun in in that form. Because hmm. they love to give us, like, factory-setting buzz. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, maybe because that's how he spends the the majority of the first movie, so that's, like, the iconic iteration of Buzz hmm. Lightyear. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, that's what people are expecting from that character, or maybe they just think that it's funny. I'm looking at the list. I feel like we've got a pretty Gryffindor-heavy cast here. We're going to make up for the rest of... <laughs> so the rest of Sorted by just putting all of Toy Story in Gryffindor. <laughs> I, I do think Buzz probably remains a Gryffindor. Yeah? he's He's got that, like, friendship, loyalty kind of stuff. He's got that jump into a situation without really fully thinking it. Mm. Like, that scene in Toy Story 2 where they're like, let's cross the road by disguising ourselves <laughs> as caution cones. I think for... Terrible plan. <laughs> but he goes for it. I and think, it works. I think for Buzz there is an argument for Hufflepuff. Sure. Like, going off of that friendliness and loyalty yeah, yeah. and support and everything. But I think a lot of the way that he goes about it, especially in 2, like 2 is a great example where like he is going out of his way to go rescue his friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Feels more Gryffindor than Hufflepuff. Yeah, sure. In, in the way that he's just sort of jumping into this situation and doing some really stupid things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to say Buzz Lightyear to Gryffindor. Gryffindor again! <laughs> Up next is Jesse and... I'm going to shock you when I say that she's a Gryffindor. <laughs> Turns out, toys are Gryffindor. House hot take. Your favourite toy is apparently a Gryffindor. My favourite toy as a child was a stuffed dog. Absolutely okay. a Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jesse, Woody's sidekick, kind of, 
She was introduced in Toy Story 2 and is another toy of a puppet that was used on the same TV show as Woody back in the 1970s. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what decade, 50s, 60s? She was once... 70s? No, it was black and white. It was, yeah. She once belonged to a girl named Emily, but then Emily grew up. When she loved me, when she... (laughs) You know the song. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, Sad Toy Story song. Well, I don't know if it was... I guess it was when she grew up. Like, the point was, she gave Jessie away by leaving her in a box on the side of the road, I guess. And somehow this toy collector named Al found her. And she was going to go to a museum and she was excited about that until children. Turns out you could be owned by a kid again, which is cool. Yeah, and there's no risks involved whatsoever. Toy Story 3. It's Emily all over again. (laughs) Yeah, shit. You've literally been through this before. Why are you surprised? (laughs) Uh. She is a a Carol girl. She's very, very bat girl. Mm. Very much, I mean, she's very much in the role of sidekick to Woody's protagonist. Yeah. She has like a yodeling Yep, she's very rough and tumble. She summons the critters. Buzz gets erect around her. (laughs) That's the joke. It is, yeah. His wings pop out because he's erect. And then in the the gags in the credits, this space for rent. Yeah. Darn it, Woody! (laughs) And then ten years later, or however many years later, they're still awkward around each other. Yeah, what the heck? (laughs) What the heck? They're children's toys. They're rated PG at all times. But then Buzz gets turned to Spanish mode. And, oh, he's allowed to flirt now. My desert flower. I... Something, something, something. <laughs> Mi amor. You're sexy. That's fuck. I'll be your sex toy. No. Uh, the toys are allowed to have a romance without it being sexual. Except that it was inherently made sexual in canon. It, I guess sub- subtextually. Yes. But pretty explicitly. Mm, I don't like it. Well, blame what's his face? The Pixar fuck what face? You know the Pixar fuck face. <laughs> Which one? The, there's more than one. Well, uh, Toy Story one, the original, was written by Joss fucking Whedon. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. <laughs> John Lasseter. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know the yeah. fuck face. Yeah. Is there any argument to say that Jessie's just not Gryffindor? She likes animals, and that's maybe a Hufflepuff trait. Yeah, I know. The Gryffindors were the only ones who liked care of medical creatures. Or taught it. (laughs) 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 Hufflepuffs like plants. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's she's just a very it's just a very cut and dry she's not a very complex character and she doesn't go through a huge amount of development either. No, not really. She kind of comes with her development pre developed. Yeah. When she's introduced, like, she, gets, she already has her stuff. She gets a minor arc in Toy Story 2. 3 and 4, it's kind of just done, and then she's along for the ride. Yeah. To be the cool... Love interest. Strong, strong female protagonist. Because they were like, oh, I guess we could have a single female character do something worthwhile. Mm. And then Toy Story 4, they're like, what if another girl does a thing? <laughs> 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 Revolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the main characters... I mean, here's the thing about, like, toys. 
you're you're playing with your toys and like this is the kind of personality that they've sort of been in, in imbued with as a result you're playing with your toys your toys are always going to be the hero hmm. you know well not all of the toys are the hero that's true what um, about one-eyed bart yeah i love one-eyed bart one-eyed bart aka mr potato head yeah um this absolutely not a gryffindor sure you cannot no <laughs> Mr. Potato Head is presented as a crotchety old man yeah. toy. So, okay, you didn't rewatch the first one with me. No. But, like, rewatching the first one, I hadn't realized how much of an asshole Mr. Potato Head <laughs> is. Like, they, they definitely, like, chill him out in the later yeah. films. In the first one, he is, like, single-handedly, like, tearing the rest of the toys, like, away from woody hmm. like like woody is like uh oh no like help i'm i'm stuck at sid's house and buzz is here and mr potato head is the one who's like fuck off <laughs> no you will not be coming back we do not trust you and like a lot of the other toys are like willing to hear him out but not mr potato head hmm. he does not give a fuck <laughs> well love changes a potato <laughs> it's true it's true he does get nicer over time, um, yeah. but he's still... Mrs. Potato Head, I gotta shave! <laughs> he is still, the like, the last one to, like, trust Woody in, like, anything that Woody is saying. So, mm. like, in, in the first one, like, when they're on the truck and stuff, and Woody throws R.C. out the car, like, Mr. Potato Head is the one who's like, now you've come back for to, to, to wreck more havoc or whatever. Mm. But, like, in the third one... When, once again, Woody is, like, trying to tell them the truth and, like, the toys don't want to listen, Mr. Potato Head is the last one to have a turnaround. I mean, is Woody trying to tell them the truth? Yes. That Andy was going to put them in the attic. Oh, that point, sure, you're right. Yeah, and, like, Mr. Potato refuses to listen to him. Yeah. He's like, no, we're in a garbage bag. We're being thrown away. This was not a mistake. You're lying to us. Mm. Like... (laughs) He's he's not very trusting. Yeah. Of of anyone. Needs to take off those angry eyes once in a while. Yeah. Lighten up. Yeah. And I think in the second one he's a lot more chill. Yeah. He doesn't have that, but that's because no one is. That the toys to... aren't antagonistic against each other. In that yeah, one. yeah. That one's a lot more yeah. buddy buddy. Well, there's whole but Buzz has his whole speech. When like when I was at Sid's house. Who came to save me? Woody. They has a whole speech, like, and they were like, yeah, Woody's great. We should go and get Woody. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I think there's something where he, like, I forget the exact line, but he doesn't he call Mr. Potato Head out in something there? Where he's like, thanks, like, you don't have to rub it in or something. I don't recall. You've yeah. seen it. No, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in years. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. All right, what house do you think Potato Head is? I think he's a Slytherin. Yeah? Yeah. Because he's an angry fuckwad kind of it's it's more that like he is very self-reliant he mm. he's not he doesn't easily trust others cuz he wants to keep his best interests like that's his primary goal is keeping himself cool but later on he is willing to sort of risk his own self for for those very very close to him mm. um and i think once he has like mrs potato head that like that sort of circle of protection gets a little bit is, is a little bit more there, but I think it's more of that Slytherin, like, we protect our own kind of vibe. Hmm. You know what character he reminds me of a little bit? Hmm. Zachariah Smith. Oh, yeah? I mean, you can be an arrogant dick weasel without being a Slytherin. I guess. Like, I think he's loyal to those. It's the stubbornness, though. Hmm. I suppose. Alternatively, hmm. what if he's a Ravenclaw? I did think about that. He's coming at... He's trying to come at any problem 
logically and intellectually. He's trying to be pragmatic, yeah. Like, he's not ruling Woody out purely for spite's sake. No, he's looking at the evidence that has been presented and coming to a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I could see Ravenclaw. You're against Slytherin here. I don't know. It just feels kind of boring to be like, oh, he's the mean, angry one, put him in Slytherin. It's not even, because he's not always the mean, angry one. It's it's more that, it's about like the way he treats others, <laughs> which I guess makes him the mean, angry one. But it's his, his lack of like willingness to trust. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, because it's based on the evidence at hand. Mm. Like, he's not, he, yeah, I guess he's not going to trust someone purely, He's not. he doesn't want to take someone purely at their word. Sure. He he wants to be given a concrete reason. I guess that's fair. Especially as he, I think in general, he's more willing to trust someone at their word when there isn't concrete evidence against their word. Yeah, sure. Like, I think he's, he would, he's one who would trust facts over feelings. And the more I'm talking, the more I'm liking this take. Yeah, no, that's fair. Facts over feelings is very, yeah. And besides, we've got to have some controversial takes for next year's Resorted. (laughs) (laughs) I want to put Mr. Potato Head in Ravenclaw. Fine. Ravenclaw! Yeah. Boom. Who's next? Well, we've got One-Eyed Bart's partner. I guess it's not clear in the in the gameplay. What was she called? One-Eyed Betty? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe the other potato-based one-eyed criminal that's married to this one and has children with him is here helping him on his crime. <laughs> it's so surprising. It's really uh, fun. Mrs. Potato Head introduces mostly a cameo gag at the end of the... Or mentioned at the end of the first one as being a toy for the infant child. (laughs) We've already talked about this. And so, therefore, Andy takes her because, yeah. Yeah. And then they're married. So, during the adventure of Toy Story 2, she's the stay-at-home wife. She uh, tries to prepare him for his adventure... By packing <laughs> some things. And I am mostly thinking about the... The, the credits. The outtake version. And some cheese puffs. <laughs> and some, yeah, and some Cheetos in case you get hungry. And, and some s- monkey nuts. Monkey nuts? For what? Well, for the monkeys! Come on, everybody. That's it. That's it. I draw the line of monkeys. And some Play-Doh. Whoa! <laughs> oh, no, that's the chattering teeth that makes him do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Play-Doh yeah. just pushes all of his things out. <laughs> Oh. It's a really good gag. <laughs> if you don't watch any of the Toy Story films again, just go and watch the credits to go the first. Watch the credits. Did the first one do that? No. <sighs> go and watch the credits to Toy Story Two, and there were a couple around that period. Yeah. Monsters Inc. did it. Pixar, bring that back. One I bet he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Potato Head's a Hufflepuff. Sure. Uh, she's just a very loving, caring, supportive person. Yeah. Like. I think she wants to make Mr. Potato Head better. Yeah. Like, any time that he's kind of being extra crotchety, I think she kind of will be mm-hmm. like, no, don't do that. Like, yeah. calm down. Yeah, she, um... <sighs> Such a boring take. <laughs> I know. She's not a very well-developed character. She's not. She's in the main characters because it's weird to do Mr. without Mrs., but she's barely even a main character. I, I think she's only really a main character in three. In two, yeah. she's still very much a side character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eh. It just felt rough doing him without her yeah did you ever have a mr potato head i'm pretty sure he did yes yeah yes yeah i did let's just sort her and move on yeah that's fine uh who's next well up next is their force field dog Mm. (laughs) oh sorry Uh, the attack dog who makes force fields or something what are they like what's the line i brought my attack dog 
And he has a built-in force field. Yeah, attack dog with built-in force field. That sounds right. It's Slinky. Slinky is my favorite of the toys. It's it's fascinating. Was the was a Slinky dog a thing before this before Toy Story? Or did they just want to have a Slinky included, but they're like, well, that's not remotely a character, so make him a dog as well. I do not know. <laughs> I do know that you could, at one point, buy a Slinky Oh, dog. of course. You can buy all the toys in Toy Story, yeah. because it's the most easily marketable to- film <laughs> of all freaking time. I'm not convinced it did exist before. No? I don't know. That's a shame. It's a very good toy. Yeah, I mean, it exists now. Really, as a toy, a Slinky is probably better. You can't do the pushing downstairs thing with a slinky dog. Yeah. They just wanted to turn a slinky into a character, I think. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I love Slinky. Yeah. He's a good boy. He is a good, loyal dog. Yeah. Uh, he is. Remember when I was talking about how Mr. Potato Head is the first one to turn against Woody? Mm-hmm. He is the last. Sure. He trusts Woody. Even Rex? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the scene where he's calling across the window um from Sid's house yeah. and everyone else is like oh you're alive oh just kidding like you tried to murder buzz uh everyone else leaves except for slinky slinky mm. is the last one like he's he is the last one to give up on woody sure and in the earlier scenes as well like he's he trusts him i think i probably think it because his role is downplayed in 3 and probably 4 because his original voice actor died and mm. they replaced him and they yeah. so they minimize his role to avoid yeah that which is a shame. Yeah, um, absolutely. But but yeah, he's so I'm thinking absolutely. of that where Rex is the one who's more like to decide with Woody because they need yeah. someone to step into that role, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, originally it was it was absolutely Slinky. He's cool. a good loyal dog. Yeah. What do we know about dogs? They're Hufflepuffs. All dogs are Hufflepuffs. I it's mean, Hufflepuff. and this film absolutely corroborates it. Like yes. they write the dog character to be very loyal. So go Hufflepuff boy. Yeah. What else is there to say about Slinky Dog? I love Slinky. He doesn't have an arc <laughs> at any point, really. No. Mo- like, most of the other main toys have an arc like, somewhere. Like, some development. No, Slinky. Yeah. He's just there to help. He's a good boy. Well, I brought my attack dinosaur. Who he eats force field, field dogs? dogs. <laughs> uh, speaking of Rex. <laughs> it's Wallace Shawn. Oh, yeah. 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 Inconceivable. <laughs> I also recently watched a Goofy movie, and uh-huh. he's the principal in that. He's another one who shows up a lot of things. He's yeah. in Incredibles. Yeah, he is. He's, he is, he's yeah. Mr. Incredibles' boss. He's, yeah. He's just got an incredibly distinct voice. He really does. And to be fair, I think Rex is a character where that shines through the least. Yeah. Rex feels different. Like, when you think about, like, that voice and, mm. like, the characters that that voice has... Yeah. That, like brings to mind Rex isn't one of them. No, because Rex is very different to those other characters because Rex yes. is nice. That's true. And he's not normally playing nice characters. He does usually play some kind of asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Rex is kind of cowardly. Yes. In a fun way, which gives him a unique personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rex is a dinosaur, which again, toy dinosaur, you'd expect him to be the brave one. No, he's a scaredy cat. Yeah. And he yeah. As introduced in two, he faces his problems by trying to be good at video games, but he has tiny little T-Rex arms, so he can't use the controller. Almost like they're not designed for toy plastic dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, but then he gets a different dinosaur friend in three, who yeah. also likes video games, so yeah. Rex and Trixie can play video games together, and that's it nice. That's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rex is afraid of everything, but like he wants to be... The cool, brave dinosaur. Yeah. And then yeah. he gets his arc in 
too, because he wants to be able to defeat Zerg in the video game, and then he defeats him in real life by swinging his tail and accidentally knocking him off the elevator. Yeah. I did it. I defeated Zerg. <laughs> Father. <laughs> um, oh, 2 is so good. 2 is really good. Oh, let's watch every film again. I already have. You can watch them. <laughs> I'm going to watch A Bug's Life. <laughs> um, is Rex a Hufflepuff? Um, or is he a Ravenclaw because he's a big old nerd? Mm, mm. I don't think he's got... I don't think he's Slytherin or Gryffindor. Interesting. Do you think he is one of those? I don't think he's Ravenclaw. I think he's... Uh, kind of a dummy. <laughs> you could be a dummy and be Ravenclaw. You That's just have to true. care about being smart. It's and true. he wants to know how to defeat Zerg. Yeah. Like he goes to try and read the um the player's guide in yeah, in Al's yeah. toy barn. Yeah. Um that is that's kind of a Ravenclaw move. Yeah. He went to go and look up the secrets in a book. Um consider this though. Yeah. Is your house what you are or what you aspire to be? A bit of both. I think he could be a Gryffindor. Okay. I think he he values that, like, bravery, that leadership kind of thing. Like, he looks up to Woody. You're thinking he's a Neville. Yeah. 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 Like, he's kind of scared of everything himself, but, like, when he is in the position in which he has some ability to help, Mm. he's absolutely not going to, like, question it. Yeah, okay. He no, would, like I'm... he'll step up for his friends. Like use my head. Like this is if this is what I'm useful for. Like let's do it. I hear you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll go with you on Gryffindor. Yeah. Cool. And finally, for the main characters, it's the evil Doctor Porkchop. <laughs> That's Mister Evil Doctor Porkchop to you. They call me Mister Evil Doctor Porkchop. <laughs> <sighs> Layers deep at this point. Yeah. Like an ogre. <laughs> Different studio. Is it? Uh... Like when they put Shrek on Disney Plus, then we'll talk. <laughs> it's not on Disney Plus, is it? No. I could totally see that have having happened in no. the last year of nonsense. Disney have not yet acquired DreamWorks. The Walking Dead is on Disney Plus. Like anything's possible. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Ham. Ham. He is the John Ratzenberger role, starting the tradition of John Ratzenberger having a role in every Pixar film, however small. I think this is his biggest role? Probably. Like, the other ones are usually small cameos. Um, Ham. Ham. Ham is the brains of the operation. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, whenever they're doing things or whatever, like, Ham is reading the instruction manuals. Yeah. He's, like, learning... He is how computers work. He is inexplicably knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah, he, and a lot of his lines are just like spouting off absurd details about things. Yeah, like he like read the dictionary or something. <laughs> like when he was bored. Like he wasn't born. When he bored. Oh, when he was bored. Yeah, like he didn't have anything to do, so he just yeah. you know learned what the chemical properties of various plastics were. Like because that's like a thing that he'll do mm. is like oh this material and he'll tell you exactly like poly carbon hydrate whatever science words like he just says stuff like that so fun fact that i feel like was forgotten by the later ones particularly i think forgotten by three and four he's a he's a piggy bank yes and i mean they show that he's a piggy bank yes but they forget the fact that that means he's not he's not really a toy no like bo peep wasn't a toy either and four definitely remembered that or at least the short film after four lamp life remembered Mm. that in that she was part of it. She was a figurine attached to a lamp. And she could be removed from the lamp, but she's made of porcelain. And Yeah. Why were you letting your child play with that? 
Well, Andy was playing with it because it was Molly's lamp. Mm. And Andy was like, because in four again, it's Molly that gives the lamp away, and it's but Andy basically needed a damsel in distress. Sure. So she filled that role. Fine. Yeah. Later replaced by troll dolls as the orphans, <laughs> which is much better. <laughs> Andy became less sexist between <laughs> the end of two and three, I guess. I don't know. Good. <laughs> um. Ham himself. Yeah, okay. Ravenclaw, you're thinking then. Yeah, I'm thinking Ravenclaw. Mm. Also, good with money. <laughs> I don't know what house that is, but... Um, that, that's something yeah. he is. He often kind of partners up with Potato Head a bit, because they're like presented as being the older toys, yeah. or the older personalities, at least. Yeah. They're the ones that like seem like they should be going off to play cards. And I think they do play cards. I think they do, yeah. At one point. So those two are the ones that question things the most. Yeah. Um, and if you were arguing that Potato Head was in Ravenclaw, Ham is even more so. Okay. I, I think, though, the way that, like, Ham is more, like, to me, feels like he's more directly interpreting facts that he's been given. Okay. Whereas I feel like Mr. Potato Head's just kind of being a grump. Hmm. Also, they both like to flirt. It's true. Get, get in the car with Barbie. I'm a married man. I'm a, mar- I'm a married potato. I'm a married potato. I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud. So make room for the single, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Like, buddy. What? You're a, you're a pig. You're a pig. You're a coin bank. I guess he's I guess he's loaded. Yeah. I guess that's it, I guess right? He became, he became a toy when Andy started playing with him. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I don't want to get into this. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, we're done with the main characters then. Yeah. 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 It's time. It's time. It's time for the lightning bolts round. First up, Andy. Andy, the owner of the toys, the child who grows up and is voiced by the same actor in all of the films which is so good my heart yeah <laughs> you know obviously for three and four they had to get a new kids to play andy but they got the original kid to play andy to play the 17 year old andy which is so good but yeah. i believe yeah get some new lines in through in four Pop- i forget i th- i think i saw him credited must be the flashback when bo peep is lost or given away or whatever because molly's yeah. definitely older at that point so yeah yeah so andy Obviously, we don't see him a lot, but he's the to- one that the toys are loyal to and owned by. He loves his toys. I think he's very creative mm. and clever and insightful. Goes off to university at the end. Yeah. I think he's Ravenclaw. Sure. Like, he's constantly writing elaborate stories for his toys. Yeah, to act yeah. Out. yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And he's very, like, he constructs things as well. The beginning of three, when you've got the flashbacks, up, like, the, the, the whole movies he's playing Molly comes in and breaks things and any real child would be so mad at their little sibling for smashing up things but he's just like oh no it's okay it's just the, the attack of the 50 foot baby yeah yeah. whatever the line he's is he's but... really chill like very well adjusted um, yeah and you mentioned this when we were watching 3 um, when he like plays with Bonnie at the end <laughs> as well you're like what 17 year old is so chill that they <laughs> yeah um, I can only hope he's going up to university to go into child care yeah, Cause... or yeah, maybe like writing or something. I could see something like sure. that as well. Um, but yeah, like he's he's just a good kid. Up next is Andy's mom, um, Mrs. Davis. We don't know a whole lot about Andy's mom. We know nope. that she's a single mom. We don't know why. 
We don't know why. We know that there's, like, no ill will towards Andy's father. Probably dead. Probably. Like, she regards Woody as an old family toy on that side. Yeah, probably just, like, didn't want to animate another person. You know there's a popular uh, fan theory that she is Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just It's a theory online that people have. I think it's based on... Oh, I forget why. That's... I didn't read too much of it, but... Yeah, I, I eh. don't think that adds up. Well, what house is she? Um, I think she's a Hufflepuff. Sure. She loves her kids. Yeah. That's all we know about her. Right. Tell me about Molly. Molly, Andy's younger sister, who is Bebe in the first two films, and hey. we get even less of her than the other two. Very little of Molly. Uh, we see her as a tween who's kind of like... She, she's a younger sibling. Yeah. She wants Andy's room when he leaves, and she's yeah. like, oh, I'll say I, I'll say I'll miss you if I get your room. Yeah, I'll do this, yeah. that, the other. Yeah. I don't care about Barbie. Throw that away. I, I'm going to go Slytherin. There you go. That's just Slytherin. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Up next is Sid. Sid is the awful kid who lives <laughs> next door who tears up his toys and blows them up and is awful to his younger sister. Yeah, so here's the thing about Sid. The thing about his being awful to his younger sister, valid. He's horrible there. And, like, he's clearly got issues, unresolved issues, but doing weird stuff with his toys. Weird. Not evil. Blowing them up. They're plastic. Being destructive for the sake of being destructive. It's not inherently evil to blow up inanimate objects. It's only because we know they're animate that it's such an issue. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, he's he's not a pleasant child. And, he, like, the fact that he's horrible to his sister is a thing in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, he's nice to his dog. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm just pleased that by the time of Toy Story 3, he's just... He's got a, he's got a job and he seems pretty chill and happy. Yeah. Because he's the, he's, the, he's the garbage man that shows up, which is so neat. And, again, also voiced by his original actor. Which is awesome. For such a tiny little bit of, like, scatting. Yeah. I love it. What house is he? Slytherin's too obvious. Mm. But you know what? I'm going to say Ravenclaw. All right. I think that he's he's got a sense of curiosity. It's kind of a yeah. morbid curiosity in that destroying things, but I think he's because he's curious to see what would happen it's if It's like he does. the other end of the same scale of Andy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a re- mirror reflection of Andy. Yeah. Tell me about Bo Peep. Bo Peep. So yeah, as mentioned, originally just a damsel in distress. She was just there because she was always Woody's love interest and she gave him a kiss on the, on the cheek. When Buzz went up to save him in two, she said, when you see Woody, give him this from me, kisses Buzz on the cheek. Oh, oh, all right, but I, I don't think it'll mean as much coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> and then in four, they're like, let's bring her back and do a love story with Woody. I remember hearing like the initial concept was just a love story between Woody and Bo. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you I guess. You were really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was... <laughs> it was Yeah, it was a weird... Because now she's a badass action hero, because of course she is. Because she can't be worthwhile while also being girly. No, she's mm-hmm. got to take the, you lose the dress now and wear a cool badass cape instead. And use her shepherd's crook as a weapon. And yeah, wah, wah, wah. there's only one kind of worthwhile woman. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that in that term, but that is very much a trend that I... I don't like mm-hmm. s- sometimes yeah fine but not that's the thing every time we push towards having women being like bat awesome action hero types because that wasn't a thing that existed but now it's the only way that p- writers seem to know to present worthwhile women yeah you know what fuck that yeah 
The first three films, as she's presented, she's absolutely Hufflepuff. She's loving, doting, caring. Yeah. And then she trends towards Gryffindor because of the action hero thing. But I'm just going to stick with Hufflepuff because sure. Bo Peep in the fourth one is so different. That's whatever. We didn't want to talk about the fourth movie, so we didn't put her on our main character list. Tweet at us if you want to talk about Bo Peep, I guess. Yeah, tweet at us if Toy Story 4 is your favorite movie. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> We're not going to get any tweets, but I don't think it changes anything. <laughs> Alex, tell me about Sarge. Uh, Sarge is the leader of the... Little, army guys. Little, yeah, little army guys, soldiers. soldiers um, little green dudes. Yep. Gryffindor. Yeah? Yeah. I kind of feel Hufflepuff. Hmm. He... Because they're not... Mi- like, they have military personas and act like military. But they're not military. They're toys of military. They don't do any military actions. They just carry out the things they're doing in a military fashion. Sure. And those things are things like collecting a walkie-talkie for Woody. They follow Woody, like, mm. unquestioned, like, loyally devoted. Like, how much are they seen around that period in the first Toy Story film when the toys are essentially turning against Woody? don't see them much at all yeah they're mostly at, like the beginning and the end right yeah because pr- probably because they're just like stuck in their little tub sure <laughs> they can't get out that and i think that if they'd been around they would have complicated things because i think they probably would have still stayed loyal to woody probably as their commanding officer yeah that's like, fair so gryffindor <laughs> which is what i said well i was going well it's a gryffindor kind of loyalty sure fine sure um Tell me about the little green men. You have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. I realize I just described the soldiers as the little green <laughs> guys, but these are different. The claw. So they're introduced in the first film. There, there, there are little green men in all of the films. The, yes, they're different ones, though. Well, the ones in two then stay yeah. afterwards. In the first one, they're seen, shown as being prizes in a claw game at Pizza Planet because they're alien-themed. They don't... I don't believe they have anything to actually do with Buzz Lightyear. No. But since then, they've been associated with Buzz Lightyear, and, like, they were... They were little green men characters in the Buzz Lightyear cartoon and things. Um, I think that's all, like, a retcon. Yeah. In three, there are some dangling from the rearview mirror in the Pizza Planet truck that the toys... Frigging... What's the word? Steal? Drive? Yeah. The word for stealing a car in particular... Commandeer? Joyride. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The hanging from the rearview mirror of the Pizza Planet truck that the toys steal in Toy Story 2. <laughs> These ones are kind of just around and they're like, ooh. But then Potato Head saves them from being flow- like thrown out of the car when they take a sharp turn. And as a result, they become eternally devoted to him. And he and Mrs. Potato Head pretty much adopt them. In fact, yeah. they, well, they do. And then like, daddy. Yeah. And then it, he's like, oh, get off me. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they turn it around and they save everyone in Toy Story 3 and Mr. Potato Head and Mr. Potato Head have the lines like, you saved our lives and we are eternally grateful. <laughs> and it's like, my heart, that's yeah. the thing that they said. That is nice. Oh, it's cute. That is nice. And then they're happy family. They're Hufflepuff. Yeah. They're, de- they're devoted to potatoes or claws. <laughs> Tell me about Bullseye. Bullseye is Woody's horse. Yeah. Right like the wind, Bullseye. He's a horse. Acts like a dog. Yeah. Hufflepuff dog. Yeah. <laughs> Bullseye is a dog. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Stinky Pete. <laughs> Stinky Pete. Uh, plot twist secret reveal villain in Toy Story 2. 
he was also part of Woody's Roundup Gang, and this particular Stinky Pete was mint condition in the box. But actually, he snuck out of his box all the time. He just undid his own plastic ties and then retied them, I guess. He was adamant that they go to the museum, fixed in his ways, and like would not l- let Woody go because they couldn't go to the museum unless they were a complete collection and they needed Woody to be the complete collection. Yeah. And he didn't trust kids because no one ever loved him. Yeah. <sighs> I do love that twist, though, where it's like... Oh, he's a he's a ugh. great villain. Ugh. Like... Like, the signs are all there, but you don't see it coming. Yeah, no, he he was a really... He was a very good villain. It's very good. Lots of them was a pretty boring villain. I'll talk about that shortly. Mm. Ah, what house was Stinky Pete? Is he just Slytherin? That also feels kind of boring. I think so, though. Yeah, Slytherin. He wants what he wants at the expense of everyone else. Alex, it's time for Emperor Zerg! Zerg is just just is just Darth Vader. It's just Darth <laughs> Vader, um, who we've discussed as a Hufflepuff. So <laughs> I'll never join you. You killed my father. No, Buzz. I am your father. Okay, <laughs> verbatim, but fine. Yeah, um, because it's it's good and it's fun. Um, He's mentioned throughout the series, but only yeah. a character in two. Yeah. And uh, apart from like at the end of three, when a new one joins Sunnyside, yeah, which is fun. That's fun. Um, I am gonna say Hufflepuff though. Oh, um. well, we didn't we recently decide that Darth Vader is a yeah, Hufflepuff? That's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but also the moment that like the battle is over or whatever, like he's played his role that he was assigned. Yeah, he and the other buzz are just like playing catch. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I love you, son. Let's, this is great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Are you coming with us, Buzz? No, thanks. I'm going to f- catch up with my dad. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have a <laughs> That's great. He was just playing a role. <sighs> and, like, he, you know, he's just got a flair for the dramatic. And mm. he wanted to say the line and do the thing. Tell me about Al. Al is a fat, slobby capitalist business owner who steals toys from children to make his own money. He's the most stereotypical Slytherin you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Alex, up next is Wheezy. Oh, Wheezy's a penguin with a, with a squeaker. But it's kind of broken. Yeah. Until he gets it fixed at the end. Yeah, they put him up on the shelf oh. of broken toys. And the... Which is a terrible plan for your broken toys. Don't do that. Yeah. The, um, the dust aggravates his condition. <laughs> So his, his squeak, he can't call for help because But he, he has squeak. got a hell of a singing voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's once the squeaker's <laughs> You got a friend of me. Um, I think Wheezy's a Hufflepuff. Oh, sure. Tell me about Buster. Buster is Andy's dog that he gets for Christmas at the end of the first film. In the second film, he's a puppy. He's super excitable. And he knows the toys are real. He serves Woody as his loyal steed because he doesn't have Bullseye yet. Because apparently dogs and horses are just the same thing. In three, <laughs> he's a fat, old, lazy dog. And it's great. He is a Hufflepuff. Because of course he is. He's a dog and all dogs are Hufflepuff. dog. Alex, how about Barbie? Ooh. Specifically. Yeah. We meet various Barbies in Toy Story 2 in the toy store. 
But I'm specifically thinking about the Barbie in Toy Story 3, who is the singular one who is a protagonist and a major character in that film. Okay, yes. Um, that Barbie, I think, is a Ravenclaw. I think so, too. <laughs> I don't think there's much else I need... I, do I need yeah. to explain why? Well, she just... she's initially presented as being the kind of stereotypical bimbo, and she's very sad about being abandoned by Bonnie, but then she meets Ken, and again, she starts. it starts out seeming kind of vapid and cutesy, but the moment like she realises that Ken is on the bad guy's side she turns against him like she's like no we're finished I'm with there's my, those are my friends they comforted me and supported me through this they are good toys and then she helps them with their plan and it's great and yeah. she tricks what's that line Ken. that she has about like authority should derive from the consent of the masses not through threat of force something, something close something to that something like that yeah just describe yeah. yeah and then the oh, other toys are just like she gives yeah. me like big um, L Woods from Legal Oh Bonds. yeah, like like that yeah. kind of thing. Where it's like yeah, she can be fashionable and yeah, fun and yeah. peppy, but like she can also be like Very super much. smart yes. and like know what she's doing. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Barbie's a Ravenclaw. Also, I love her. Uh, tell me about Ken. Ken. <laughs> Ken is himbo incarnate. <laughs> Initially a villain. But does turn against Lotso as soon as he realizes the Barbie won't support him or anything really. <laughs> Lotso's just like, she's a Barbie doll, Ken. There's a million more like her. Not to me, there's not. He says while turning his head like 180 degrees to look at her. He loves his fashion. He hates being called a girl's toy. Uh, whatever. Friggin' ingrained sexism and homophobia and what have you. Yeah. But Ken's a half puff. <laughs> Yeah. He's a big dummy, but he... Yeah. But he means well by the end, at least. And yeah. then there's, like, the the short uh, Hawaiian vacation where he wants to take Bonnie to Hawaii. He wants to take Barbie to Hawaii with Bonnie, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. How about Lotso? Lotso is the villain of Toy Story 3. What a shock twist. Uh, he's a big squishy teddy bear that smells like strawberries, but his child, like, forgot him somewhere, and then their parents just replaced him instead of driving back to the field where they had lunch to get the toy. They didn't which, know where like, they lost it. I, I think the point is, it had been quite a while for them to get back there. Mm. Probably... Maybe might have been weeks. It's unclear. Okay. So I think the idea is they probably did drive back there, but the toys had already left. Fair enough. Um. Anyway, he's abandoned, and therefore he hates kids or whatever. Yeah. Um. Probably a Slytherin. Yeah. I. It he might... has a moment where he could have redeemed yeah. himself. Yep. But he doesn't. Yep. He has like a couple moments like that is the yeah. thing. I think he is the least sympathetic villain. Yeah. Because he's given so many chances to turn things around. Like Woody like presents the, the uh Daisy's like little heart locket thing mm. and he could have changed changed at that moment when all the toys are telling him that he can change. He could have changed and pushed the button to save Andy's toys, but where where's your kid now? It's every other villain either has like very sympathetic motivations and backstory or ch has a change of heart or just doesn't realise they're being a villain because they're toys yeah aside from Al apart from Al Al also <laughs> sucks yeah um, I'm thinking more about the toy villains really yeah. like Stinky Pete I think has a worthwhile motivation yeah like it's reasonable and he's never really given quite that same opportunity not yeah. in the same way at no, least no yeah he partly because before anything could happen, 
Al comes back and they're back in frozen toy mode and there's just no opportunity. Yeah. Lotso has so many opportunities and Gabby Gabby does change. Yeah. Yeah, Lotso's not as interesting. No. I wish he was a nicer toy because I would love a, like a, a squishy thing that smells like strawberries. Yeah. Ugh. Well, not all Lotso's are as bad as that one. Uh, I wish it was a cat, though. Give me like a strawberry-scented <laughs> cat. <laughs> Probably exists. Find one. Right, tell me about the chatter telephone. So the chatter Is that telephone. What I get, it doesn't. They don't give the character a name. That's just what the name of the toy was. Okay, that's how it's okay. credited. Sure. Yeah, the chatter telephone is a telephone at Sunnyside Daycare that doesn't seem to be able to talk unless you're holding the that's phone. The, it's, his mouth is the. Yeah, except speaker. that like later on they can hear him from a distance without needing the phone. So that well, he's just yelling. He was whispering before because he was telling what he sees. Right. So when they first got there, he could have easily just told everyone that it was a problem, but he didn't. Whatever. He's kind of in the role of, like, the undercover secret agent and the, the informant giving Woody the information. The scene where he and Woody are, like, talking things out about everything at Sunnyside is such a fun scene. It like, is. Like, really sets up the heist movie sort of thing. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, he does get broken, though, and betray Woody at the end. But I'm going to stay... I'm still going to say Gryffindor. Yeah. How about Chuckles? The clown. The clown. I was like, which one is Chuckles? <laughs> the clown that, like, Lotso was forgotten at yeah. a park or whatever. Um, Very sad and kind of talks like this. Yeah. Um, adopted. Lotso wasn't my friend no more. He wasn't anybody's friend. <laughs> Dramatic backstory. Exposition <laughs> yeah. character, really. Um, adopted by Bonnie, I think. Did he live in the kitchen? I don't or know. Was that exactly. just where he was? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Bonnie brought him home from Sunnyside because he was apparently broken. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever gave up on his kid. Mm. No? No, I think he's a helpful puff. We get that little scene where he's got a very soft voice and said, No, they didn't. They only replaced you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he held on to the like little name tag. Mm hmm. And. Like, he's sad about it. He's sad that his kid's gone. Yeah. He's sad about everything that happened. But he's just he's a sad clown. Still, still loves her. What house? Hufflepuff. Cool. Uh, tell me about Mr. Pricklepants. Mr. Pricklepants is played by Timothy freaking Dalton. Is a hedgehog who is a Shakespearean actor. Because of course he is. He's a Ravenclaw. Yeah. How about Trixie? Trixie is a dinosaur. A, a triceratops. Yeah. She's a herbivore. <laughs> cool dinosaur. Um, Kristen Schaal. She is voiced by Kristen Schaal, yeah. She knows how to use a computer. She's super smart, probably. She likes to hang out with the other dinosaur toys down the street. Just Which a dinosaur just, toy. This opens up so many... I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> I know that she's Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about Buttercup. Buttercup is a plush unicorn toy who, at the end of Toy Story 3 we're seeing, is now Buzz's steed, I guess. Because why not? And he's a very he's a very friendly good guy. I'm going to go Hufflepuff. Nice. How about Dolly? Dolly is, the, is Bonnie's Woody. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. She's the leader of Bonnie's toys, but she is the one that's cast in the role of the villain in Bonnie's games. Mm. Which I think is, is is a fun different twist. Yeah, that is fun. Um, I I think part of that might just be like she's one of the oldest toys. Mm. She's been around the yeah. longest. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna say she's a Ravenclaw. She seems really level headed. Hmm. Tell me about Forky. 
I wish I didn't have to. Forky is a disposable plastic fork with googly eyes and a pipe cleaner that comes to life and wants to be trash. Doesn't want to be a toy because he, he, for some reason, even though he's come to life as a toy, he's still got this, he's still got a mindset of thinking he's trash. Raises infinitely more questions than the first three already had. I don't had. Want to think about it. Four should have never happened. <laughs> Probably just no, no. Don't make us ask these questions, Pixar. Um, Stop it. I guess Slytherin, because he runs away from his problems and he doesn't think things through. I don't know. Mm, a coward. Yeah, I guess. Giggle McDimples. That I had to think for a while there. That's the little Polly Pocket police officer that works with Bo right, Peep. Right, right, right. We're into four now. Um. Gryffindor. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot. I didn't rewatch that one. Yeah. <laughs> Gryffindor vibe. Tell me about Bunny. Bunny is a plush bunny toy that was like a prize at the carnival who's attached hands to Ducky and they were just put in the film, I think, just to give some came- cameos to some comedians. Yeah. They're fine. Uh, Hufflepuff. They didn't add a whole lot of the plot, did they? Oh, no. They're just there for jokes, mostly. Ducky? Yeah. Um, I would say the same. Yeah. 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 Awful puff again. Mm. Uh, tell me about Gabby Gabby. So Gabby Gabby is the villain of four. She's like an old talking doll toy based on, like, based on Talky Tina from the X-Files, who was based on the real toy of Chatty Cathy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um... But she had a defective voice box, so no child ever wanted her, so she got left in the the, the shop. Uh, she wanted to go with the, this kid who came to the shop every day. Woody ended up agreeing to give her his voice box so that Forky would be set free. I'm very sure that that wouldn't be how toy box, toy, voice boxes would work. I'm sure the lines would be coded into the voice box. The technology was old enough. I remember this from the movie because I thought it was really interesting. They talked about, like, the make and model of your particular... It's like a tiny record player or something. And they could swap out the disc. And her disc was fine and functional. But, like, the actual sound player wasn't. Is that a thing that was ever really done with toys? I don't know. But I that's that's how I understood it to sort of work. Seems very convenient. But, like, it makes sense. Because you pull the thing. You pull the string. It mm. winds up. And then it's it would spin, right? Mm, maybe. Regardless. She she is also being presented as a godfather character with a bunch of <laughs> ventriloquist dolls to serve her. She actually reforms at the end. She's the only Toy Story villain, unless you count Sid... Who actually properly reforms? He doesn't reform at the end of his movie. That doesn't. Uh, well, I guess he's kind sort of, of scared into reformation, and like, yeah, it's different. We're, we're showing his kid sister sh- scaring him with toys because he's been scarred for life, which yeah. is fine. Gabby Gabby ends up going home with another kid, and it like has a happy ending. She's definitely the only to- character who gets a proper happy ending. Mm. Sid is traumatized for life. Gabby yeah. Gabby, though, I, she means well, I think. I think she's a Hufflepuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about Duke Kaboom? <laughs> Voiced by Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Um, Gryffindor? Yeah, you don't want to describe him at all? I don't remember a lot of the details. He's like, he's he being, he's like a parody of an evil Knievel toy. Yeah. He's, he gets the whole flashback of his kid abandoning him thing, which is... Pixar making fun of themselves at this point because they've done it for three films running. Like they did it with Jesse and Emily, and that was fine. That was yeah. wa- that was warranted and very sad. Yeah. Then they did it again 
with Lotso and Chuckles and Big Baby, who's not even a character, so not on the list. <laughs> so, uh, which gives Chuckles the very dramatic lines, and now they're doing it again here, and it's just gotten old, so they're just making fun of it, which is great. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, what else? Oh, I said Gryffindor. Sure, sorry. Yeah. You're right. Tell me about Bonnie's mom. We don't know much about Bonnie's mom. She works at the daycare center. She takes Bonnie in with her in three. Nice with kids. I don't know, probably half a puff. Sure. How about Bonnie's dad? Do we know anything about Bonnie's dad? He's in four. Um, he drives the camper van. He's very... I think he was, like, pretty excitable about going camping and stuff. Sure. Probably also Hufflepuff. Yeah. That or maybe a Gryffindor. And finally, because we started this list off with we Andy. We started with Andy. We gotta come full circle. We end it with Bonnie. Tell me about Bonnie. Bonnie is a good kid. Very similar to Andy. Eerily similar to Andy. <laughs> also incredibly creative and, and clever and adventurous in her games and such. Yeah. And she speaks through her toys a lot. She's another Ravenclaw, I think. Yeah. Like, the, the the kind of kid that this film works with is a Ravenclaw. Sure. And that is Toy Story Sorted. Sorted. <laughs> JD, do you have a sorting it out? I sure do, Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you like to share with the class? So... Harry Potter. Uh-huh. You know him? I do. The protagonist of the Harry Potter book series. Yeah. And not, film series. Not personally, but I know And of video him. game series. Yeah. And etc. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes a Lego. So, and Lego. Yes. Protagonist of Lego. Well. Anyway. <laughs> so we talked about the fact that he was sort of in a Gryffindor. And perhaps isn't a Gryffindor. Yeah. He's more of a Hufflepuff. What if he was a Gryffindor? Uh-huh. And what if we portrayed him as a Gryffindor? Oh, okay. So he shows courage in that he goes and fights Voldemort and this, that, and the other, and fine. He's the hero. But in anything social, mm. he's a fucking coward. <laughs> I don't want to talk to the girls. They're scary. And he's been raised to be a coward by the Dursleys, is the thing. Yeah. He will never step out of line. He won't ask questions. He gets better as the books go on, at that at least. But what if he just fucking talked back to them in the first place? Because whatever. Fuck that. The Dursleys? Yeah. Oh, he does. Well, if, that's what I'm saying. He does later. He doesn't at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets really snarky once he realizes that, like, like they can't do anything to them. Yeah. But that's not courage. That's no. him knowing he has power over them. Yeah. He doesn't actually... I mean, he's... Yeah, he's only standing up to them because he's got power over them is the thing. Not... Yeah. He's not being brave. Slytherin will help you on your way to greatness. <laughs> also... How many times is he very much aware of issues going on in his friend group, particularly Ron and Hermione, where they're arguing or what have you, that he could step in and intervene and fix things by just saying a thing? Can I have an example? Oh, fucking any time they're arguing, really. One that particularly comes to mind, uh, book six, when Ron's laughing at the idea of the slug club because he's jealous mm. and Hermione wants to invite him to the Slughorn's Christmas party. Yes. And they basically did that. But then they're being frigging weird and awkward about it. What if Harry just sp- spoke up and said, like, hey, you two should, should just make out. <laughs> He's Harry's an idiot. Harry didn't know that but that's that, what the answer was. But that's my point. My point is, if he just spoke to them about the problem, he could fix it so many times over. In book three, as well, when Ron and mine have their major falling out, after the fireball situation is resolved and with more on scabbers again, mm. Harry could intervene so much and he just... 
Like, he barely tries. Because he's afraid of, like, damaging his friendships. Because he doesn't want to lose either of them, yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't. Because he's a coward. He doesn't do And anything. how about fucking ha- rubbing two brain cells together and realizing that Hermione is obviously correct about house cells. And she's not going about it the right way. But he has to know that the way house cells are being treated is fucked up. Yeah. But he won't say anything. Well, he does, like, agree with her, but he's just doesn't... Care? Yeah. That's fucked up. It is. He's a coward. Yeah. Make Harry actually brave. Make him stand up to the Dursleys, talk to his friends about problems to fix them, because that's the worst fucking thing in media anyway, and have him actually, like, be pro-house-elf rights. There are moments where he does do stuff like that. I guess, a little, but not much. He stands up to Umbridge. Uh, he starts the the DA. Well, he sort of well, gets coerced into starting the DA. Yeah, he didn't um, want to do that. Well, just because it wasn't his idea, but he steps into that role of leader. Yeah. Um, he... He's brave when he's got a posse behind him. <laughs> uh, not when he's standing up to, like, Umbridge. When, when is he actually standing up to Umbridge? When he... Well, when she's, like, calling him a liar and saying Voldemort's not back. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, Voldemort is back. She's like, you're gonna have detention. I'm gonna, uh, you know... I guess. Physically abuse you. Yeah. And he's just like, I can't let her win. That's not brave. That's stupid. Okay, well, Gryffindors are both of those things. (laughs) He thinks he's being brave. You also get moments, like, um, in the second book, Follow the Spiders. That kind of, you know, like that. And Mm -hmm. they go into the forest... And they're like giant spiders, and instead of just being like, this is a bad idea, it's like, no, we need to find the answer to this, and he trudges on eh. bravely into the spider den. Eh. I think at that point, they're pretty, they don't expect the spiders to do anything, because they think that being Hagrid's friends will be enough to protect them. Mm, Ron Hagrid. doesn't. Well, no, but Ron's arachnophobic. Yeah. <laughs> Ron is brave there. Ron yeah. is facing his fears very yeah, much. It's true. Harry doesn't have any issue with spiders. No. Just whatever. I'm not saying there aren't moments where he does well. But my point is Harry Potter is not a Gryffindor, but he could be. Mm. And that's how I'd fix Harry Potter today. That's right. how I'd sort it out. Fair enough. He could be more more Gryffindor. He could have that as a more pertinent part of his personality. Thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Home Viewing. Steampunks. And our other show, Pokemakers. Thank you to Matt Majakamo of the Wampum Willows for the use of our theme song, the House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with any of our sortings or nonsense that we have said in this podcast at any point in time, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, tweet at us your favourite toy and we'll sort it. Yeah. Not a potato head, obviously. But like, not... Yeah. Not, uh, not, not one bar- that we've not already Barbie sorted. <laughs> but, you know, what's a toy... My favorite toy as a child was a stuffed dog. G.I. Joe or Action Man for the people who aren't American. <laughs> or... What was your favorite toy as a kid? I don't know, Action Man? Might have been Action Man. Really? Action Man was awesome! Okay. Great. Toys of us toys. Bye. Bye. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house. It's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm John. 
I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network.